0: Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of Racken and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. This episode of the Cloud 2030 podcast is from the DevOps Lunch and Learn of February 9th. And we started talking about all sorts of things, uh, but complexity kept coming up and up. Um, in in what we're talking about and the reason we're having all these conversations what what could happen what could go wrong and we hit this really interesting idea about the Jevons paradox of complexity this idea that we've made complex systems so inexpensive and easy to build that uh, we really are building very very complex things that that we never have before because of all this hidden complexity and, and that is an amazingly powerful thing, very powerful economics behind that, but potentially risk behind it too. And we explore how that goes. I hope this is interesting. We're going to be moving from this conversation into a GitOps conversation. If you have opinions on GitOps, please join us at the thecloud.2030. Thanks.
1: I'd like to throw out a... Uh, uh a mind question, test, whatever, um, uh, a little comparison. And that is in lots of ways where we're at right now with automating the the cloud, uh, the, all the infrastructure, all the connected infrastructure is similar to where robotics was when they first started controlling mechanical uh, Mechanical huh. uh, devices, and my worries is we're all separate, we're all going at it separate different ways. It's kind of sort of like open source and wild west. And yet, when you look at robotics, the folks who have actually achieved the most is Boston, yeah, dynamics, and that's are good dancers, yeah. Sorry. They well. They've been disciplined. They keep building upon what they had in the past. And so they literally have constructed this amazing uh, knowledge knowledge tower of everything from physics and geospatial and uh, controls and control theory and, and error management and stuff. And they've gotten to something that's truly amazing, but where is the rest of the world on robotics and so with cloud and infrastructure automation can we do we think that there's going to be a single discipline company that comes out on this be far beyond where the rest of us are just kind of slapping things together and uh, doing automation but not really getting that full focus and the whole Experimentation of this works, this doesn't work. Feedback loop with documentation and libraries uh, that are the the libraries that are curated to say these are the good parts, and we've thrown out the bad already, and we've documented why they're bad and not to come back.
2: So that I would ask, that oh, Rocky, sorry. that that is the vertical expertise is what you do. <laughs> And that would say why Amazon is going to win in retail in general, right? They're going to completely remake the retail part of the U.S. economy because they figured out how to do it. Mm,
1: that's see, possible.
2: That no, wasn't where I, I was expecting it to go. I mean, Amazon. I mean, they rent they rent their warehouse space and they give their providers, their ship, you know, vendors of products an API to ship product to you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean
2: and, that's what they do,
1: and yet we see all these these uh, warehouse folks striking. And one of the things I noticed in a report that was uh, Alibaba or some one of the Chinese companies that were taking on Amazon is they've got robots that move entire stacks of pallets and whatnot, and those robots and the warehouse are organized differently such that the robots work specific sectors and hand off to robots in other sectors. And there's an organization, whereas with Amazon, because they've got cheap labor, their their labor doesn't cost as much as the robots in lots of ways. They're literally a person who goes and picks something off a shelf. They can be sent from one end of the warehouse to the other and they have a time limit on when they have to get that item. And then their next item can send them back to that place from where they started the first time around. And so there is a lack of efficiency in the Amazon warehouses that they're not addressing because they have cheap human labor that so far hasn't complained. Whereas some of the Asians have sat there and said, how do we reorganize this whole warehouse thing? To be more efficient and respond more quickly.
2: Yeah, but it's still cheap. I mean, ultimately, about know. so we were talking, about,
1: we were talking about the
2: yeah, but in the world of miserable conditions for unskilled labor, I mean, none of them really helps, right?
1: Well,
3: sorry, there's got to be there's got to be something more. I mean, I, I don't I haven't followed the Amazon warehouse stuff. Um, you know, um, but I know my brother works in a, a company that's had automation in, in the, the it, it, they do tubing and heavy steel. They've been automated for a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, at EHL, right, um, you know, one of the tasks we had to do was just automation of the, the sorting centers. And, and the, the variation in um, workflow or packet flow through those things was massively expensive than having to ship people. I mean, you're talking about a six-mile facility. It's extremely expensive to ship people from one end of the warehouse to another. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying. I just, to me, it just doesn't make sense because just a little bit of logistics background I have that that's a super expensive operation, and and even if it's not the dollar cost, it's just the efficiency of getting things in and out of that factory. It just doesn't quite ring right into right in my head.
1: Yep, and Amazon doesn't. They they haven't applied logistics to their warehouse because they have cheap labor in the warehouse.
3: But to uh, me the labor in China is certainly cheaper than the labor in the state. So I I don't understand how cheap labor is why they're doing I just it it feels like there's uh, it's, something underneath that one.
1: So the the Asians aren't aren't concerned so much about labor as efficiency. So it's a priority thing. And they really like efficiency. Uh, and they like to keep their workers semi-happy, so if they can make it more efficient and even eliminate workers, they're perfectly happy to do that. That means that they get an item off the shelf in 10 minutes instead of 30, or or one minute instead of 10, and then it's all just delivered to the places, like the the people who have to box it, and because they're abnormally shaped or whatnot you need humans to do that it's something that can't be automated so they're they're working on efficiency to eliminate those things that can be automated more quickly than amazon is because amazon's more worried about cost
3: to to shift the topic right i I think what you said that i I kind of agreed with thanks (laughs) is amazon has the tenure a head start on most everyone else, right? On developing cloud systems, on developing automation, everything else. And so one of the reasons I like, think you've seen them be able to go into these new marketplaces is they have developed the competencies to go kind of do that kind of to your foster robotics coming. Yes. Yes. And, and and
0: yeah, infrastructure and competencies are really are are critical from that that perspective i think i think we there was a thread on twitter talking about this was uh Corey quinn about burning you know burning burning everything down it's the easy way to start everything and i'm like burning things down does not result in faster solutions usually um usually <laughs> the faster solution is to fix the thing that you've got um rather than start over from scratch speaking from personal experience multiple times but
4: cloth cloth I, I was just gonna say like Burning everything down is the shortest path, but it's not necessarily the fastest.
0: Why? Why do you think it's shorter?
4: Um,
1: it's ripping well, uh, the band-aid off.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm taking the the, the analogy here, where um, if I if I were to set up let's say a new CICD pipeline okay um, I can either make it backwards compatible and go to multiple steps uh, and and then eventually get to a point where I have the new state or I can throw the old one away and start a new one for me personally and, and, and for me that's the shortest path throwing the old one away and adding the new one is the most effective. But holistically, by throwing everything away and starting again, I create that gap where everyone else is affected negatively. The people who depend on on that existing pipeline.
1: And holistic is, I think, the word in some ways I was trying to get to with Asian culture versus American culture. And technology. Mm. You know, you can't really solve the... COVID problem with a bunch of software hackers even though they think they can solve everything. And the Asian technologists understand they need different disciplines to create a holistic answer.
5: So does this get robbed to your whole point about complexity? So in a sense, and maybe it's just a stretch, but if I take Rocky's premise, is that what he, she, to me, what she's talking about, and Rocky, please correct me if I'm saying this wrong, is that there is a focus on higher or solving the higher level of problem extracts and, and less of focus on a repeatable task that can be done through automation, though it may seem more costly, what they're looking at potentially is the value proposition of focusing on the higher level of extraction problem uh, pro- level of extraction of a problem and recouping the cost over time of that lower level effort thus raising the knowledge base of their team I, I hadn't quite
1: gotten to that state thank you for actually coalescing it into yeah and the, the culture is solving the overall thing and it's Part of the culture, it's to them the value is the harmony of everything. To us, it's just we've got that focus down in a detail that's not so overarching. You said that I, wonderfully. Thank you. Keith.
0: Yeah, I I want to I would pull this out of the cultural context for a minute, although I, I think there's an element here in in systems thinking versus is not the the thing that I was going to come back to was. Um, this idea of a Jevons paradox of complexity—that we right so one of the things that I see all the time with with you know the, the the innovation cultures we're in is finding a very small blast radius, a tool, something you can do, and then because you have control of that tool and you don't have control of the adjacent systems, you 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 know, you, you feast on that span of control Uh, it's it's sort of like the way cloud came about it was because you know you could sell a whole bunch of infrastructure on a credit card and so all of a sudden people are bypassing it where they're taking a systems view of a a thing and saying you know what i'm just going to go to the cloud i'm going to get my thing done i'm going to make it work you know yay I'm, i'm done and so we created this buffet of all of these little pieces that individually are simple or units, but they're not a system, an integrated system that works together. Um, and then uh, I think it was Keith, one, but you, you made this comment that made me realize that we've made the cost of adding complexity. And I'm assuming everybody knows what Jevons Paradox is. I'll, I'll step back in a second. The cost of adding complexity to a system has been going down because of mm-hmm. the way we've built our systems. Yes. And so with, with Jevons Paradox... It says, if you reduce the cost of something, the utilization goes up more. So if we have made it cheaper to add complexity to a system, <laughs> then we are really in trouble because that means we're, we're seeing, and we're seeing this, a huge complexity, a huge explosion of complexity because complexity has gotten cheaper. Does that make sense? And then that's gonna build really, really fragile systems
1: yes
3: oh god yeah so the world
1: falls at, the, at some point the whole thing falls apart because you hit the limits
3: is it is it more yeah. complex because of, so I, I go back in the in the day yeah. right you, you had a choice it was Windows or Mac or, or you know, <laughs> yeah right? it is so I think the complexity comes about in mm-hmm. in a different way the complexity mm-hmm. comes about because now the choice have exploded Right, there's 10, probably 100 different cloud providers, each one with different interfaces to be able to get into that. Right, Right. and our our software stacks. I mean, it used to be provisioning something including installing the OS and full-time drive. Right, it's gotten more complex now because some of those resources have been abstracted out for good reasons, right? The software development stack has been abstracted out, right? You have service meshes now, microservices, all these other. So we, we engineered our way into fragmentation and we've increased the complexity because it had it allowed us to isolate and improve individual pieces more quickly, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the crux of where the complexity came from?
0: I yes, I mean, so if if we because what you just described, if you go back, we would have moved a little more slowly. We would have made sure there were standards and compatibility. In this case, the the commercial drivers and the way we built it, it's like you know what I. Um, I don't, you know, the the vendors don't care or they have their own incentives to not not collaborate. So they're like, hey, I'll just fragment this and I'll make it work for myself and everything's good.
3: Yeah, the the vendors do care. It benefits them to create um, entanglements. It means it's tougher for you to switch away. I mean, every product marketing conversation I've had, even if you're trying to build open source products, is what's our entanglement strategy. Especially if you're building open
0: source products, because that's the only strategy that you've got. Um,
1: Non-seeker uh, here, while Rob thinks, uh, uh, have you noticed? Have you seen where the uh, the malware has become open source? the The stuff for scamming, uh, scamming debit cards from the unemployed people getting unemployment insurance, that's now an open source software package available yeah. on the dark web
3: it's, it's been it's, that way for
0: years there's there's such a it was just, just so much marketing yeah but easier. they're talking
1: about it on tv and they keep saying open source open source i'm going oh man so yeah, open source the, is going to become the the current day hackers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i mean that
3: <laughs> launching a bot attack now is a a 90 or 30 dollar credit card charge
0: but so if, if we look at this, complexity is getting not just cheaper, but there's a monetary incentive for adding complexity
3: into the system. John, that's, that's what you that's where you went. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I think the topic I thought you were going down is is are things are, why are things getting more complex? Are they going to continue to get more complex? You know, there's a byproduct of that, which is the fragility you mentioned into these things. There's economic byproducts. To Right, but the topic is complexity, then I think understanding how we got to where we're at would would help us understand where we probably want to directionally aim to So in
1: 2030, we'll have a shift left uh, (laughs) movement for automation, uh, deployment and management automation distributed. (laughs) So that's where 2030 cloud is, the shift left movement.
3: I, doesn't help if it, if I don't it, know. This is the first part of the conversation. That doesn't help if, if the people on the left-hand sides don't have the skill sets to
1: implement.
0: I, but, but I also, I also think that part of the challenge here is that you get into this, this complexity is a, is, a, is a business weapon. And then you're like, well, the way to avoid complexity is I'm just all in on Amazon. And Amazon, for their own reasons, are You know, homogenizing, although they don't do a very good job of it, homogenizing Mm -hmm. the experience. On a on a goal to eliminate complexity,
3: right? But you do get back that like one of the things complexity is. We talked about this before. Amazon charges you for each individual thing, and you look at companies like our store, Wasabi, right? And they charge you twenty percent for storage, what Amazon does because they basically give you a flat fee for storage, right? They don't monetize every little piece to it. So I think some of that stuff I think there's a market correction that will occur nationally. But of course, do what know would,
0: what so scared. what what would trigger what would trigger the market correction? Is it a, a better competitor? Is it a new thing? Is
3: it a is customers, you know, signing off from that strategy? I think it's your boss getting a $200,000 storage bill from Amazon and going, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. And you start looking at alternatives. you go, oh look, there's a number of people that can do this for 20%. My bill just went to 40,000. Right. I I think there's an economic corrections that potentially happened. And then I do think, you know, there there will be, um, you know, I think you've had people that have tried to create these multi-cloud solutions for a while and they have not been horribly successful. Right. Um, You know, so I think, but I I think that's something that can possibly change. the.
4: You have to keep in mind, though, that the that there's co- there's also a cost to move away from 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 one implementation to another. So, so Amazon is pretty much riding on the fact that they are they are pricing themselves at just below the cost to move away from them.
3: Yep. I think they're way over the cost to move away. And I think, you know, the one thing I saw this morning where I got on, it was interesting. We keep talking about Amazon. It was was interesting to see that Azure your um, 2x the revenue of AWS. They're not twice as big in cloud as AWS is. Their revenue is twice as big? That's what I saw.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: That seems... (laughs) Counter indicated to my experience with people using
3: Azure, but it could be they just have more. Well, they always had. They always had the the enterprise base with which to grow that from. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were a .NET shop, you're a .NET shop. Uh
1: But a lot of it's because of COVID and VDI, virtual desktop. And
0: part of it's just. And everybody does
1: Windows. And part of it's
0: just accounting
1: yeah <laughs> good point <that> Simon. Too. <laughs> good point time
0: but i'm i'm still stuck and we'll we'll pick up uh get actually what i what i want to do is take the last couple minutes and um and look at framing the GitOps conversation because I, I do actually want to talk about that but before we know, uh, but this this complexity i mean from a from a Building infrastructures question, right? Are people trying to limit the things that we're talking about are real concerns? Does that mean I limit complexity, or do I add complexity to re, to retain power as a consumer? Is, is that my choice? Is that my the options I've got? Maybe I don't care.
5: Maybe you don't care. You care about usability as a user. So if you if going with your premise that the the, the the viewpoint that you're coming from is from an end user. You want acceleration to your needs at a low cost in a push button operation. The complexity is what yeah. we as engineers, I believe get to, to make that complex thing simple to the end user, right? The added complexity is for two reasons. One, how to make it simple at the end user, but also how to make it so that we don't have to maintain it Every minute of every hour of every day, right? In order to do that, you have to go to the level of the of extraction to go. Oh, let's let's solve for every scenario we think possible, and right. have that do it in an automated fashion, right? So there is the complexity. I mean, who who everyone knows it's a lot easier to go to your command com um, command line. Write us, take one of your scripts that you've always done, throw that up there. But we go infrastructure as code. Why? Because we say you want to write it in a way that's extensible, that's repeatable, that's auditable, mm-hmm. that other people can take from it, extract from it, use it, and leverage it. So we've added a level right. of complexity by creating a code framework to achieve the same thing we used to do with scripts. Mm-hmm. I look, everyone okay. knows I'm an infrastructure as code guy, I believe in it. My point there is. The complexity has come into the play. I believe I think complexity is needed. So I'm not mm. mad at complexity. What I'm mad at or I'm concerned about is in our first to create a more efficient operation, we've made it complex to so so complex to the extent in which you know it's like it's my whole Kubernetes thing, right? If Kubernetes is so great, why do you have to always have 15 other different products to make it work more efficiently?
0: (laughs) That's how I feel every time I look at the landscape. Yes. Um,
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think DevOps is a labor movement.
0: Is a labor movement?
2: Yeah. I mean, imagine once you built your app and and you need Mm. a whole crew of DevOps people to get the thing running. They have jobs for life you cannot get rid of them, right? And so oh, yeah, it's yeah, not but... standardized,
0: right? Yeah, it's not standardized.
2: Yeah. It's not standardized. It's a great play.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great play. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
3: you've you described the world we're in though, right? You, you've got increasing complexity yeah. and everything's a snowflake. Right. And so, so your ability—I
0: mean, if you were—if you were a DevOps, I mean, we are DevOps engineers, right? If we're doing this work. You can go to a new a new environment. A lot of the skills you have are maybe useful, but a lot of the specifics on the knowledge and how things are built are going to be totally bespoke
3: for the next environment. Yeah, I, I think you know, <laughs> at least my my theory on this, right? I, I think and some of the stuff we've been trying to work on it is. And, and go back to key side, right? When someone wants to deploy an application, they don't care about the complexity of it. They, they care about the cost of it. They care about the simplicity of it. They care about the reliability of it. Right. So I do think you can start building frameworks that um, create consistency into these things, and you can offer them up to consumers at, at a price and a quality that is going to exceed what they build on their own. Right. So, so do, you, do you think people
0: are willing to add complexity if it ultimately saves them money for that? Is
3: that a. Uh, well, I think there's two sides. If, once again, okay. I to go back to being the, the developer or, or the business person on that side. Right. I don't care when you deploy an AWS your or whatever stack you do. I just want to be simple, fast and reliable. OK. Right now. You know what we don't have today is services that make it simple fast and reliable to deploy on top of different clouds right but i do think that's going to change i, I do think you'll have the ability to go to a a SaaS provider that will normalize out the different cloud that they will be able to complexity to it and they'll just make it cheaper and faster for people to deploy <laughs> I, 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 I agree
1: with,
4: with, with, with both kate and, and Sean here in that, I mean, uh, on on the on Keith's side, like you, you gotta add complexity somewhere to remove to in order to remove that complexity somewhere else. So so th- that's the the shifting of complexity from from one platform to the other. Um, John, I, I also agree with you that that really like it, it it's not it's not the ultimate goal to redu- to reduce complexity. It's just that. It, it's been hammered into us so much, or over really the, the past twenty-three years that 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 as a rule, higher complexity is lower reliability, like the keep it simple, stupid principle. But I mean, there are limits to that principle. Like ju- just like 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 mm-hmm. taking it in a different perspective, like Occam's racer. Occam's racer is, is like everything else being equal the simple solution is the best the the problem is that people tend to forget that everything else being equal apart it, it it's not always equal it, like a, if a solution is more has more complexity in, in one place but less complexity in another this it's i i i like what
0: you're saying i mean i'm, I'm i think it's reasonable to rethink that premise especially if we're talking about a Jevons paradox for complexity the idea is is that it's not all bad right that we're we're saying you know what i just made it much cheaper to add a complex thing into my system right i just made it cheaper to add ai i've made it cheaper to add you know uh, flow analysis and uh, you know golastic and all these all these services that used to be way too complex for people to do we're now saying yeah you can just click some buttons and and add this new thing into your your it's a, it's now a a resource right the the your complexity went up, but at very minimal actual cost. I mean, yeah, am, am I taking it in the in the direction you were thinking?
1: Yes,
4: yeah, kind of. Like it, you, your complexity goes up, and let, let's say linearly, but your benefits from that complexity are, are more than linear. And I don't know if exponential, may, may, maybe quadratic, mm-hmm. or but but they're definitely better than linear. So so the so you add complexity, yes. But you also add value.
3: Yes. I mean, I, I literally sat here last night debating in my head whether I was making things more complex. <laughs> so we're writing code generators for creating CI CD pipelines, right? And on yeah. one side, it's, I don't have to keep repeating the same code over and over and over again for each product. On the other side, I was getting lost in my own code, right? When, when I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everything else and it's like is, is this better or is it worse and then at the end of the day it will be better but it took a lot of work to create a complex system that should make it much more simplistically <laughs> and much more reliable to, to do these things so the one thing i didn't want to have was snowflakes all over the place.
0: i code code generators are a really good Love example it. john because i i feel like they they are this they have a they have a tipping point in them where you the edge the edge cases crush the 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 value of the generator. Um, it's a really good example, actually. I'm very rare. I've, I've I've done a lot of code generators in my in my days, and they almost never survive into into long term use.
3: I think you you have to understand what portions you can generate, what portions you can't. Right? Yeah. I think it was you know, back in the early days of AI, right? When when lambda actually meant lambda, it was code that wrote code, right? There, there were certain use cases in neural mm-hmm. net where it made sense to do those things, right? And and but they weren't the entirety of the code. They were basically places that functionality could be learned and added in a dynamic fashion to it. If, if you're talking about code generators that basically generate entire programs, I don't think you'll ever get them. Right. I think right. if you're talking about eliminating the 8% of a microservice or serverless framework that's repeated over and over and over again, I think it makes complete
0: sense. I it's strongly patterned. Yeah, no, that's true.
3: Yeah.
0: That's actually part of, part of what, when we look at automation patterns for op, for what we do. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I just, I, we have, you know, 90% of automation patterns that we see are the, is, are the same. The problem is that the, ni- the 10% that's different are distributed throughout the 90%. And that's what's been, an that's been. been what, what's an example of that? Uh, provisioning an operating system and configuring it to run an app is 95% the same code. But when it comes to installing a library um, I mean, this is, this is, I, I, I could go through, like, we provision against every cloud, every cloud's provisioning infrastructure is different, but they all give me a Linux, but they all have different logins for that Linux environment. Once I get onto the Linux environment, they, I can, I can use, you know, uh, curl on all of the environments, but if it's not installed, installing curl on the environment is different in every Linux. Um, and so what I've got is I've got a system where if you you could look at the system and say, okay, yeah, this is, you know, bring a machine up. Great. That's pretty standard and log into the machine. That's pretty standard. And, you know, curl something that's pretty standard. But in between all of that stuff, I have got to be able to say, wait a second, this is Amazon. That means I'm using EC2 user. This is Microsoft. That means I'm using um, the name of the um, Google. I'm using the name of the account Microsoft I'm using root and, you know, I, you know, so it's, it's all of that. Like, those are all differences. They're minor differences, but they break the commonality of pattern. And so you have to account for it when you build, when you build stuff. And it's not like I just get to do, give me a machine on a cloud. And then here's the stuff I'm installing. It's, it's the whole
3: chain has variation throughout it. See, like that kind of thing. I mean, Salt stack work just fine to solve that class of problems, right? The, the class of problems that didn't work fine was was you know they'll solve for the network the vpcs or the other pieces of that the, the networks are an area where no one has built a reasonable abstraction it's hard but even even my my
0: experience, I'm not as familiar with salt um, but doing that in a way that was reusable patterns over and over again even was was really hard so that, you know, we, you know, every time I've picked up tooling like that, it's been like, okay, I have to figure out how to tweak it from the thing that I've done. Well, um, and
1: so ahead,
3: in adding into that, jumping in, <clears throat> adding to that complexity is the tooling, i.e., SaltSack, Ansible, Chef, Puppet, Kalumi, you name it, put it here, is only as good as the tooling can. Uh, handle the complexities of the individual cloud or target environment. And that's true for SaltStack or anything. And that's the problem that Rob is addressing, is the minutia of detail, although a lot of it can be extrapolated away, it's different in a lot of different places. And those final details of all of those different places, every time you touch a new customer, a new environment, a new install, a new cloud provider, or a new service, are slightly different and require tweaking to support. Uh, those variations. That's where that 10% pain comes in. What what I actually found it harder to do, and and, Mm. I mean, we we had our stuff written on top of salt to deal with where we needed to do some additional stuff into it. Where I really fought tooth and nail um, was to kill off the proliferation of networking and hardware underneath it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, limit the number of variants. I mean, there are like People in China that wanted—we've got four thousand servers who we weren't sure what to do with, right? Well, that's because they're five years old. They're worthless to me. They're inefficient. They take more power than revenue they generate. No, no, no. But great business They'll Do it anyways. So I don't want to do it. I fought tooth and nail to keep that proliferation down, yeah, you know, which limited some of those species to that. but, um, but yeah, you know, I think that was kind of some. Of it. I mean, yeah, the lower the lower we get, the harder it gets. I think that's just the Makes
0: a lot of sense. All right, we're, we're out of time and this has been, uh, as always, expanding my brain and making me think. Uh, I do want to talk GitOps next next week, if that's all right with people. I'm, I'm interested in use cases and what people are trying to do with it. Because in the last, I've had some conversations the last couple of weeks where what I thought I understood was GitOps, I was not GitOps. Cool. So, sure. Klaus? Did...
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, that... I use what, what I think is good, so <laughs> so I, I it, was, it, will, it will be relevant to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's I I was sort of like the, what we've done with infrastructure as code and keep doing. Um. So. Cool. All right, everybody. Thank you. Always a pleasant conversation, and we covered a lot of ground today. Well, exactly.
1: thank,
0: you. thank you. Thanks all. Sorry, Pretty I'm well.
1: a little bit foggier than normal. <laughs>
5: no worries. <laughs> Thanks all.
0: Wow. I hope you found this to be as interesting a conversation as I did. Uh, we're really tackling some big issues, uh, and thinking about how things get fit together. And if you're a technologist not thinking about the systems that you're, you're doing, but just working on the small piece of your, your puzzle, I hope this is, uh, you to, to look a little bit bigger, and at the same time be excited and, and relieved that you can focus on the smaller bits and pieces of the puzzle too. Uh, we are going to be going into GitOps more, like I mentioned, and uh, I hope you'll join us for those conversations. The2030.cloud, come in, subscribe, be a part of the community. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently. Because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly. Or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.